Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Pig Health Today, and with me is Dr. Kim Vanderwall. She's an assistant professor at the University of Minnesota. Welcome to Pig Health Today. Thank you. I understand that you now have a $3 million grant for a four-year research project on PERS. What are you going to do with the money? Sure. Well, thank you. Uh, we're very excited. Um, the project is in partnership with the University of Edinburgh and the Roslyn Institute there. So it's a joint project between their institution, the University of Minnesota, to better understand how PERS evolves and how PERS spreads and how those two um, comp components interact. And we've been looking at PERS in this industry for a long time, but uh, tell me more about the direction of the research and why this is important. Yeah, so, so what we've really focused on in this project is how the immense genetic diversity of the virus is actually incredibly important to how it functions within our pig populations. So as most of us know, it's a very diverse virus with multiple lineages co-circulating all the time and constantly evolving all the time. So we want to understand how, how those dynamics are really important for maintaining the virus in the populations. Now this is commonly done in human medicine, correct? But is this new to swine medicine? Yeah, so on human medicine, the, um, this concept of what we call multi-strain dynamics have been explored quite extensively, particularly for things like uh, human influenza um, and some other diseases of humans. But uh, we can actually tackle these issues much better in livestock. We have much better data in livestock than we generally do for humans. So ultimately, what do you hope to get out of this, because it's great to understand how the virus evolves. Um, it, would this help develop a better vaccine, for example? What do you see in the future? Well, there's, there's two components here. Um, certainly, we think that immunity in the host plays a big role in the dynamics that we see, and that's both how the virus is adapting, how it's evolving, but it's also the immunity of the host is playing a role potentially in what strains of PERS are able to be the most successful in a given period of time based on what the, the host population is immune to. So if you're a virus and you are more different from whatever that population had seen previously, maybe you, you as a virus would be more successful at spreading. So, um, so we've really focused on, on those concepts and those are very related to you know, how we manage the immunity of pigs to uh, limit disease spread. And so we're hoping that looking at, at how these different lineages of the virus uh, behave through time, how they interact with other lineages of PERS might really help us understand and maybe even better anticipate uh, what the, the virus is gonna do next. How much variation do we see with the PERS virus today? So PERS is, amongst the, the most diverse viruses out there. Um, since PERS was first or discovered in the US in the early 1990s, I believe, uh, we've seen about a 20% increase in PERS type two in terms of the diversity of the virus. Uh, and that's, that's particularly pertaining to PERS type two, which is the North American uh, version of, of PERS. And is it constantly evolving? PERS is continuously evolving. There's recombination, genetic drift, which is just a more slow accumulation of mutations, and then there's actual um, selection pressures on the virus to change in ways that it can be more successful at, at uh, spreading in pigs. So in a perfect world, at the end of four years, where do you hope you'll be? At the end of four years, I'm hoping that we're gonna have a better understanding of how PERS uh, evolves, how it adapts, particularly adapts to immunity, both within the host as well as at the population level. 
and also how these components interact to influence and, and um, determine how PERS is able to spread between farms, between pigs. So um, we're tackling this at multiple levels. The project has a great team, um, both here at University of Minnesota, as well as at the Roslyn Institute in Scotland to, to tackle these problems everywhere from doing in vitro and in vivo experimental studies, um, all the way up to, to looking at these things at the population level in bee industry. And what's the benefit of having two universities, one in North America, one in the United Kingdom, combine forces to uh, address this issue? Sure, so PERS is not a unique problem to the US. Um, it is a constant drag on production throughout you know, the major pig producing areas of the world, so Asia, here, as well as in, in Europe. And so they, they have their own interests of, of studying PERS within, within Europe. Specifically, our collaborators at the, in the UK um, ha, bring a great deal of expertise in modeling and bioinformatics and how to make sense out of the vast amount of genetic data that we have on PERS and how do we actually sort through all of that and find patterns and processes. Well, it sounds like we've got some really smart people working on this. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Well, we've been talking to Kim Vanderwall. She's an assistant professor at the University of Minnesota. Best of luck with your research. Thank you.